Hi, and welcome to episode 84 of 5 Minutes of Rum, Notes on Rum, A Few Minutes at a Time. Today's episode is devoted to a book I've been waiting a long time for, The Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails. The authors are friends of mine from the Tonga Hut and Rumpus Room, and the book contains many a recipe that I've sampled over the years, albeit without having the recipe at home to reference or to make on my own. So now at long last, classics like the Shakahula Bossa Nova and Paley's Passion can be made in the comfort of your own home bar. I was fortunate enough to sit down and spend some time talking with Kelly and Tom about the process of creating the book, what makes this cocktail book unique, and the home bar culture exemplified by Rumpus Room or by The Rumpus Room, which in turn spawns so many other ideas, including this podcast. For this episode, I mean, you might want to pause the show and go make a cocktail. In fact, you might even want to make it a double and then come back and sit and enjoy a conversation on cocktails and cocktail book creation. Episode 84, here we go. So let's jump right into the book, The Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails. As I mentioned before, uh, the co-authors, Kelly and Tom, are both friends of mine, or I'd like to consider them friends of mine. Uh, the authors are Kelly Hip Hippahula Riley and Trader Tom Morgan. Um, I'm really excited that this book has finally become a reality. I know it's kind of been in the works for quite a long time. Uh, Kelly Riley, um, if you are from Southern California, you may be familiar with her work at the Tonga Hut, where she was instrumental in in bringing the uh, the uh, loyal order of drooling bastards to to life there, as well as in, uh, helping uh, reinstitute a tropical cocktail bar uh, menu there. And then uh, Trader Tom, uh, among many other things, he's a PhD. Uh, he's an educator. Uh, he actually fills out a lot of the, uh, if you're familiar with Uga Muga, where people can catalog their mugs, he's he's uh, instrumental in getting those mug templates up there. And also an uh, amateur bartender who uh, has created quite a, a repertoire of recipes. So between the two of them, uh, really good information and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, solid background information. Um, you can read about more, uh, more about them in the book. Uh, but again, I, as I mentioned, I'm just really happy to have um, this book out. I know they've been working on it for a long time. Uh, the content of the book itself, um, the the intro of it, uh, you'll you'll learn a little bit about the Tiki Underground, aka home tiki bars. So not your commercial establishments, but those uh, those t- home tiki bars and rumpus rooms where where people um, gather and have uh, and have parties. Uh, there's lots of pictures in the book of fabulous home tiki bars. Please go have a look. Um, I, I'm going to endorse the book early and often. Uh, there's links to go buy the book in the show notes, but you definitely should. Uh, this is a really good book and a really good bargain. Uh, for the artwork, the recipes, the information. It's all, it's a very good package. Uh, next up in the book, there's some notes on home bartending basics, setting up your bar, setting up your back bar, stuff on juices, uh, uh, hospitality, things like that. Um, and then you have recipes that are in specific, uh, spirit specific chapters. So there's like a, a rum chapter, a gin chapter, whiskey chapter, etc. cetera. Uh, rum obviously has quite a few um, elements to it. But that isn't the only one. There's lots of other spirits that that have uh, recipes in there. And then at the end, there are instructions for making some of the specialty syrups that you'll see in the recipes, uh, making those at home, as well as there's multiple glossaries and indices. So the other reason this book is so special to me is because it ties directly to Kirby's Rumpus Room, which is, uh, you know, in Kirby's Rumpus Room, a sense of uh, community and inclusion that 
uh, marked a very special time for my life and and my development within cocktail culture. So without Kirby's Rumpus Room, there would be no five minutes of rum, as you'll hear during our conversation. Now, with that, let's go on to my conversation with Kelly and Tom, recorded from Tom's home tiki bar, of course. Yeah, we're on. Well, I haven't actually introduced you guys. This is just to get us talking. Or we can <laughs> introduce us, because we're really good at it. I'm actually going to throw to you well, guys, yeah, because I don't do a lot of You know what? So. He is... Tom Morgan. And I'm Kelly Hip Hip O'Reilly, and together we wrote... The Humbar oh, Guide to, to Tropical, tropical Cocktails. We've been working on some Here's the story. Here's so. the story. Publisher asked us to please put some videos together for YouTube, because everybody's got their YouTube, you know... Uh, flair and finesse going sure, and like thing. Subscribe. we want you to get on there and do it right well we've seen those you've seen those a billion times right? so we were like well, we don't have anybody to come out here and do this you know fancy thing i said well let's just use let's just the iphone 8 so we set it up on the mantle over there in tom's tiki room and we shot it and we did like seven minutes mm-hmm. and you know our verbiage was good yeah. All of that was good, but the quality of the overall... It was just too dark. We needed proper <laughs> it was, lighting. It was, it was yeah. hideous. We just yeah. looked like a couple of kids in, you know, 1967 mixing up some cocktails. <laughs> did you guys, did you guys have like a script party. or anything? Was no. It no, it was just kind of extemporized. I mean, we knew what recipes we were going to work on, so we'd bring out the bottles ahead of time and have everything laid out. But, you know, at the end of the day, we showed it to our publisher, and he was like, yeah, you need to get some better lighting and... Well, let's not worry about it right now. Yeah, I, I actually, Seems throw something our way, you know, throw the dog a bone. Yeah, but I, actually, we did well. We were like, oh, we just like real quick, just this is what we'll do. So everything was pretty. You we'll know, do it eventually. Was, that was eventually that was our dry we'll run. It, that was know? our dry run. But yeah. we were really good at that introduction part. We had fun with it. We we just don't have the right equipment. We did, yet. and we mixed yet. the cocktail fine. We did all that. You know, we just need to. We're, we'll throw it out there. We need somebody who wants to volunteer some video uh, talent, our direction. Yeah, I, I tried uh, at one time to do some video just as a test, and I found that the big problem is I don't have, I don't think visually, like, um, or I don't think in terms of video. I think in still pictures, like I can frame things that way. Um, so I don't, it doesn't come natural to me and I don't know what I'm shooting. So it ends up looking like somebody's just shooting a bunch of still photos that are moving. Mm. But I did like a little thing where I was going to like have the ingredients on the turntable. I'm trying to be like Alton Brown from like oh, nice. and stuff nice. like that. I like and it. turn it around. But in the end, it just didn't turn, turn out. So, or, so I don't know. I, I don't I, know if it'll Yeah, I think for me, the big problem is, you know, I'm not 26 anymore and I don't weigh 112 pounds. So it's, you know, but it, it, we are who we are, you know, we get out there, we find something, but... You know, humor. Yeah, yeah. No, people. Good thing. Will, you'll you know, find, I can make that happen. It would find an audience for sure. So. Yeah. So you know, we did good. We mixed up a shakuhula, and we mixed up what was the other one we did? Is it something newer than that? But, I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, we had the music down. It was. It was happening. It was just the quality. So. Yeah. Cool. But, What's, <clears throat> if you don't mind, I want to dial this back to the like the reason we're here to talk about in this episode is. Uh, the book, The Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails that you guys wrote. I'm going to, these aren't really questions. I'm just going to say two things that I probably already said in my intro, but then we'll get into some other specific questions I had. One is I'm really glad this book 
came out. I've been I'm not probably not as long as you guys have been wanting to see it, <laughs> but I really, really, really was looking forward to it from the time I knew that you guys were doing the book. So really happy to actually hold it in my hand um, and have uh, multiple copies of it actually. Well, um, thank you. Oh, and wow. second of all, um, without Rumpus Room, which is very important to me, mm. um, this mm -hmm. podcast Five Minutes of Rum wouldn't even exist. Yeah. So I can talk about that later. But you know that's that's, that one, book, that's right? one of the reasons why yeah. this uh, was so important to me and this book was so important to me because Rumpus Room was itself. So um, I know that you guys go over this a little bit in the intro of the book, but if you can talk a little bit about what maybe the impetus was for coming together, finally making the book a reality, because I I get the sense from reading it that this, it took maybe a little bit of arm twisting. Um, I'm it, not sure. Yeah, you yeah. went back and you saw we our initial emails about, about how long this took yeah, for we, us. Yeah, we were just out at Tiki Caliente 2019. And did a symposium there. And I said, well, you know, the book intro says it took two years. I don't know how that got through editing. Because my, my Tom and I first discussed this probably in about 2010. Mm -hmm. And I know when in 2011, I was like, dude, I'm not doing that. I'm not I think two years that. since I started typing up the book, basically. Yeah, I was like, no. But we started talking about we're it not doing way that. before I'm that. I'm not giving away my recipes, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be world famous for this you know <laughs> the things that you think but uh preparing for um tiki caliente in palm springs i went back and found all the original emails and tom had gone you may have left for portland but in 2013 uh, he's like why don't we do this and i was like well you know i'm not working the hut anymore i'm not at the tonga hut i'm not you know doing a whole lot of anything you know you're going to live, you're going to die, and who's going to remember? So I guess at this point in time, I said, yeah, when you get back to L.A. I had never given up on the project. I knew <laughs> that I would I would wrestle her to the ground and we'd eventually do it. So it so paid off. In 2013 was an email. And then in 2015, I have an email from him that is legitimate. It says, well, I've, I've conquered a first kind of little outline on a chapter. Let's, you know talk about that and then there was a lull after that yeah i mean it, it took a while um you were in portland you got back right yeah it, it took a while i mean that was a huge move because my wife had moved up to portland to work for leica animation and an animated film takes three years mm -hmm. so at the end of it um we came back down it was a, a colossal move back down and we had to get everything put away and you know big moves were like that but I dug out the manuscript and I said okay let's uh, let's revisit this and we had probably most of the recipes that are reflected in, in the rum section already down somewhere yeah that, it, that was dialed in pretty good as yeah, far as that went in a Rolodex or you know rum stain coasters such as these exactly five minutes of rum to the orchestra <laughs> Um, they're written on uh, napkins and coasters. And so rum really wasn't um, so much a problem, but I think we knew we didn't want to write just a rum book. Right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, if, we're, if you're talking about a home bar, uh, people are going to have bottles of sure. everything. So, uh, and I think also you can showcase other ingredients that are still, you know, um, almost uh, tropical adjacent. Even right. Even not fully tropical. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how many... And, and, Working in a commercial uh, bar, in commercial bars, and especially the Tonga, you know, in earlier years, it, that's when it hits you right in the face. People can love a tiki bar, 
But guess what? They don't want to drink rum. So we have to really, we decided, no, nah, man, we have to, we got to hit all the spirits. We got to try to get into the in-between. Now, I had, I had a lot of vodka recipes and tequila recipes. I had a mezcal. I had a few things uh, coming from um, the Tonga Hut as well because I knew that I had to to have that. Right. But we had to We were we pretty rum heavy and yeah, we knew we that we wanted to. to have it balanced out. Now again, we wanted when we approached publishers, we wanted to be able to pivot if necessary because we didn't know if they were going to say this is going to be a rum book, discard all the other recipes or if they were going to say, you know, it's not balanced enough. Cut some <laughs> of those rum recipes and hype up some of the other sections a bit. So we were ready to do the dance. Yeah, whatever it was to to get us there. Can you guys talk a little bit about the actual process? I imagine it's hard to actually make a book a reality. So you had the idea, yeah. you get the, you both of you guys are on board now, you're creating recipes, but there, that's a, there's a big leap between right. we want to do it and we want somebody's going to do it with you. So, so what was the yeah, process at like that here? point, like Tom said, we were, we were pretty well-rounded in what we knew we wanted to do. And Tom said, well, you know, we'll give this a go. You know, okay, he's a doctor in American literature and has dealt with uh, screenplay to, to novels you know, and, and everywhere in between in, in his... So I knew the submission process. So I said, we've got to sit down. We've got to do a, a proper book proposal. Uh, I'll type all these recipes up. And uh, you know, proof them, make sure everything's good, and we'll have the text with the introduction. We basically had, uh, as far as the the written sections, uh, like I would say, eighty percent of what's reflected in the book today. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, however, uh, we also knew that we needed uh, visual layout samples. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's that was where it got, that's where it got pretty funny. That was pretty funny. I I actually <laughs> went to a friend of mine. Uh, that I knew had dealt with uh, publishers and, and done layouts, and he gave me some advice. And then I went ahead and I, I got the, uh, thinking that I was going to have to do everything myself, I, I got the uh, uh, Adobe Illustrator package, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which you can no longer buy the, you know, the entire thing a la carte. You've got to get the uh, subscription. Cloud subscription. Yeah, so I, I taught myself how to do a few things, just enough. I already knew the old school. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really difficult. I mean, it wasn't easy like that. I didn't realize this till like two months ago. And thank goodness, I mean, with Kelly's website and working with uh, uh, Maya Cantula, that we were able to get uh, some of his photography that was already um, big enough as far as, you know, uh, as far as uh, size wise. Could actually be printed. They could be printable. Yeah. So we were able to use, you know, a handful of those photos and put together some layouts. And it was funny because he's, you know, that when we submitted this to Carrero, eventually he said, "Well, you know, I, I love the concept, and I, and I love what's written. Whoever your layout guy is, is not, is not that good. <laughs> We're not Sorry. Throwing that away. But you know, I never, I don't think I ever revealed to him right. who that was. Yeah. You know, he'll hear this and it's, be like, "That was Tom." He was like Tom. Uh, you know, uh, I really ignorance is bliss because. Uh, Tom says, well, you know, we you prepare yourself because, you know, very few books get published. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Very few. Um, <clears throat> we're probably going to have to self-publish this. And right away, you know, you know my personality. I'm like, I don't want to do that, Tom. That's like a guy sitting in his 
tiki bar, Xeroxing his <laughs> recipes and stapling them together and then taking them down to Staples and telling me, you're put this little binder thing together and then you're going to sell them online and sell them to, I don't want that. But especially I mean, coming from, like you know, a screenwriting background <laughs> with all the rejection that happens with screenwriting yeah. and coming from a fiction background and all the rejection that happens with manuscripts there, I was getting ready to attack this in waves. So I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll get 10 publisher picks and we'll start attacking, you know, those top 10. And then after those are rejecting, I was looking down the, sure. yeah. you know, down the line. So we get our first 10, our short list. And I had thought of Carrero because I know that, uh, you know, they put out the, uh, the Tiki Mugs book and they put out uh, several other uh, Kitty Cocktails, uh, I'm several to look other. For the lowbrow. The, yeah. The, the Tiki Mug book. That must be Yeah, that was Jay Strongman yeah. and, yeah. and Holden okay. Westland Tiki Farm. Yeah, it's on my and shelf. I just didn't realize You know, he's from the London. Okay. He's from the UK. He's yeah, English. Yeah. And so is Carrero. But we we went to more of the lowbrow. Uh, stuff first. So and they're a small the publisher. I mean, they only put out maybe five books a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's very boutique. Well, thanks for using ounces and not uh, milliliters and centiliters. Oh, well, hey, <laughs> we have a conversion we table. We had to convert. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's part of the story. You know, he came to us when all was said and done and said, oh, now you have to do this. Yeah. And you have to give us some brands that are available in the UK. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're in search of, now we're in research. Yeah. Going, okay, what can they buy there? Yeah. If they can't get Lemon Heart, what is their availability for, for 151 Dimmer? And try to just, we had to full scope it. So there was a lot more involved in that than, you know, what most people would have to yeah, reach out to and go I, out and beyond. I, I mean, I find it super interesting because I think um, I've had people before ask me, hey, have you ever thought about doing a book? I'm like, well, yeah, and then I immediately don't think about doing a book because it's a heck of a lot of work, right? Like, I, I, I have these recipes, and I'm happy to have them in my notebook, but, like, actually trying to do this, and this is what I'm, this is why I'm asking these questions, is because I, I think people don't always appreciate, like, it's not as simple as just, I'm going to write a book, and here's, someone's going to want to publish it. Like, right. cocktails might be the hottest thing since whatever right now, but it doesn't mean that publishers are just going to automatically right. line up and offer their services to you. So, right. it, it, was, is, it is it a was, difficult process. It was tricky, and... You know, uh, when you read the statistics of how many books are actually published per year, it's very, very low. So I do consider it a miracle um, having, you know, having the right background, having a great story. We were so fortunate. I mean, when we started approaching those publishers, that short list, uh, Carrera was the first one, and they responded back immediately. Really? So we didn't even finish going down the list. Wow. It was like, this never happened. Well, you know, Tom was like, do you want to take this? And I said, you know, this is, this is a good deal. Yeah. You know, we're not going to, we are not going to do better our, our our first time. Yeah. And this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted a publisher that understands what it is that we do. We were afforded a lot of freedom. Process, so a lot of freedom to decide what we wanted to do. That you would probably not necessarily ever get. Sure. So understand yeah. that. When they came back and said, well, um, we don't like your layout. Your title's going to go. Um, maybe you can have a subtitle. We are like... And that cover's gone. You're not doing that. And that that's where I think my heart And we have happened. to chop pages. Yeah, we're going to... I have... Photography, yeah. Another uh, thing I had lined up, we had all the recipes together. Yeah. We had outlines basically done. And I was on the line to uh, our fellow Tiki artists mm -hmm. and putting a call out to Tiki artists and to home Tiki bar people mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> through all kinds of different social media, um, finding some of the most... Great, you know, just crazy good bars 
So I reached out to those people and probably had a list. I, be, I believe the list of home bars was 44. Mm-hmm. 44 different home bars all over the world. Some yeah. were in France, uh, some were in England. Some They were literally global. And I had some beautiful tiki art that I wanted to include. And... But things happen. I mean, there pretty, were pretty, pretty right away. As soon as I pretty much had that kind of rounded out, they said, "Well, you know what? <clears throat> we're using this very expensive, elaborate, uh, homemade. Uh, the Pope has kissed it. Uh, <laughs> you know, paper from Japan that you know, blah 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 blah. So fifty pages are gone." And it's I, a cocktail book. I, I will say this. <laughs> so though. get over it. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it is a really, really good looking book, and it looks really nice. Yeah. So I think the, the trade off, as hard as it may have been, you know, it was it, it was hard because uh, I had this wonderful piece of art that um, we knew what we wanted to center around the fact this is a, a home bar. These recipes come from home home bars or, that we've been at. Um, Tom went off to Portland. And I was at the Rumpus Room with you and Val and a bunch of other people for that last three years of that, just me. And, you know, we just put together. So I knew that this cover, and Tom, that we really wanted it to say home and neighborhood, your neighborhood, home bar. And we're in love with so many of these home bars. We wanted to include everybody, but we couldn't for a variety of reasons. I mean, part of it was that at one point in the editing process, they said you have to cut 50 pages of photos. That was a big part of it. That was huge. I mean, the other part was that some of the photos that we received, although we enjoyed and we thought they were, you know, amazing bars. That was actually heartbreaking. That some of them either were not uh, high enough um, Resolution. resolution or... Because of the actual format of the book, we were looking for more vertical, and most people, they want to shoot landscape because they want to get, you know. So we were forced to either look at their photography and go, can we chop it and retain enough that it's worth to make a, you know, a cut down vertical, or do we have to discard? And it was, it was tough. There were a lot of debates and a lot of going back and forth. Yeah. It was, even for us, and they weren't even our bars. So it was tough. But having, uh, we had Duckhorn. Doug Horn did our original cover, and the original name of the book was uh, Tiki Cocktails. Uh, Cocktails from the Tiki, the Tiki Underground. Underground. And that was because we had a Punch uh, Online article from years back that came to the Rumpus Room, and it was called, you know, Drinking Cocktails in the Tiki Underground or something like that. And we said, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, they interviewed me. Yeah, yeah. So we were going back to that interview with uh, Punch Magazine, and we thought, oh, yeah, the Tiki Underground. But that didn't work for a couple of reasons. I mean, one reason is is that our publisher, Carrero, is based in London, and anything that has underground in it is just played out. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, okay, we've seen that trope, we've seen that repeated so many times, that just bores me. Sure. And the other thing was that uh, there is now a bar that came up after we had completed our first draft with that title uh, called the, T- the Tiki Underground in Akron, Ohio. Oh, I think right. it's Akron. Now, remember, yeah. this goes back to 2015, and we said, yeah, we want cocktails from the Tiki Underground. Yeah. That bar didn't exist. You know, not, not, not that we couldn't have done it anyway, but, you know, you don't, we didn't want the confusion. We didn't yeah. want anybody to think that our cocktails were their cocktails. No, no offense, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we no, still have a that. chapter in there that talks about the Tiki Underground. Yeah. But it's it's understood, if you read the chapter, that we're talking about the scene, 
you know. Right, not the locale. Exactly. So, you know, this beautiful piece of artwork I had Doug Horn do up is in very Doug Horn fashion, uh, you know, shows the the typical big neon sign up to the sky that says cocktails from the Tiki Underground or the Tiki Underground. And then there's just this beautiful mid-century neighborhood with big A-frames and butterflies and, you know, all of the slanted shed roof lines that you see of of mid-century modern uh, neighborhoods. Yeah. And so it was just, it's phenomenal. And I want to get those printed and out to you guys because it's a great piece of art. She's yeah. talking about so, doing like <laughs> a, uh, a wraparound dust jacket at some point. Oh, nice. So you can see all of the artwork yeah. that, that I want Doug you to did, see you know. it because only half of that is actually in the book. You yeah. do. Yeah, it's yeah. in there. We yeah. actually got it in there. But, but that was an early draft cover. And it, it uh, we ended up going with photography. I mean, we. Sure. Uh, Eventually came around to uh, showed me that the I... reason why we we went with this and this was a, a Yak's direction who was our publisher for Carrero is that uh, he wanted this to really stand out online when they shrink the covers down to like you know one and a half inches tall yeah 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 I think that's uh, so that's something I um, I don't do this for a living I don't do this professionally but I follow. Um, uh, a couple of blogs that talk about sure. logo changes mm-hmm. and brand changes, sure. and a lot of it has to do with now when you see logos being revised, what will go good on social media, what will go good in these little exactly uh, you know online places. It's it's something that people it's a have different to think world. About. Yeah. Even when you look at the and, spine and, of that book, yeah. With uh, listeners, you color? can be looking at the pictures on the episode uh, show links or uh, are the uh, there's pictures on the episode links. So, um, but yeah, that's got a, oh, a very nice piece of Tiki Tony art there on the side too. Yeah, yeah. And on the back, we have our Bumate still represented. Yep. Yeah, very nice. So it all changes. That's just the process. You have That's to be, just, like I said, you have to be ready to pivot get you know, used on a dime. To it. And, you know, actually, when it got all said and done, um, the word tropical was used and not the word tiki. Uh, that's any, a historical I reasoning. Just, I was going to say, do you have any concerns with that? Because I kind of uh, I did. Oh, I, I see. I, I did. Just, I don't think yeah. Tom did nearly... I was much, I was much more okay under, with it, but people who understand the history of these cocktails and where they come from, yeah. and pre tiki, yeah, to to, uh, to mid century tiki <laughs> style, um, so often don't mind the word tropical. Um, talking to Sven when we got the first copy in the mail, we we went out to dinner with with Damien, took us out to the Magic Castle, and we had a copy of the book with us, and we were having a good time that night. And Sven was like, but it doesn't say Tiki on it. <laughs> and also you have to differentiate yourself from the rest of the things coming out on the market. And we could see coming down the pike on Amazon things that were, you know, later in the calendar that had Tiki worked into it. Yeah. So, again, you have to differentiate yourself somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and when all was said and done, that, that book just hits you in the face. The color, yeah. everything about it. And it's a, really a, a wider, the masses. When you, when you were talking about the masses of people... For as popular as tiki is right now, which is probably the height of uh, tiki, even in comparison to the mid-century, it's on more because of because of social media. Yeah, it's very it's more global. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more global than probably ever before. But so when you get to Amazon or you get to Barnes and Noble or, or Target or Walmart online or wherever you're going, that little teeny. Uh, 188 by, you know, 200 <laughs> thumbnail, whatever it is. Um, just, yeah, wow, it's it hits you in the face, right? Should, yeah. So all over the world, tropical is very well known. Oh, yeah. And that was, so that was the decision that came down the, 
right down yeah. salt and woody you know it's good it's good <laughs> i really you know that book sold out its first edition in pre-sales nice by the time we went from you know it was going to come out a last year in september mm -hmm. and it was gonna we're gonna have it in time for christmas oh no wait no, she and not. i have a very small stack of books at this point we're waiting for the second uh run to come out but I it was, may not come, it may not come out until just before oasis at least we're hoping yeah, but it was, actually yeah it was sold out in pre-sales i was happy you guys had a box of them at the hut before my amazon order came in oh <laughs> yeah like, oh yeah a little bit early because Amazon, you know, would tell me, give these these date updates, and they tweak a little bit, like, oh, it's going to be a week earlier, oh, it's going to be two weeks later, or whatever. And then when you guys put out the announcement that you were going to have books for sale at the hut, I was like, good, then I don't have to wait. We had so, everything cross right <laughs> down to that uh, that first uh, signing at the hut because our distributor's like, oh, I don't know that we can get those out to you from Chicago because that's where they're based, you know, in time for the signing. I'm like, can we try? And they're like, we'll try. <laughs> and then they arrive like the day before. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did a little better. I, you know, it's... Who do you talk to, I think, in yeah. Chicago, too. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going out to shipwreck that at uh, the warehouse in Marina Del Rey. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. <clears throat> but by the time this airs, I will probably will. But I'll that's not really ambitious, and I get it edited on Friday. <laughs> and it might come out the day of. But that's, Lucky that's are that's those. <laughs> Lucky are those that picked up uh, a first edition of this, because these are, you know, I'm going to hold a few back. Mm -hmm. Ooh, do you have corrections? Uh, Not many. You know it, what? It, you know what? It boils down to really... It wasn't our bad, though. Really <laughs> only two pages. Yeah. Two pages, uh, they had corrections on them. Uh, there were a couple things I would have... Because you get a limited, like, I, I, if I understand a little bit about it, it's like, okay, you're if there's another edition coming... There's like a really small opportunity to make a couple of changes, but you can't really make wholesale changes because no, it's, it's too expensive. Right? But I asked, well, what's the difference? Tom knows this stuff from, from, you know, this was all part of his dissertation and things that he learned in school. But I was, I was humbled, though, because I will say, you know, having the PhD in English literature, I've done a lot of editing. I've, I've edited a lot of screenplays and things for people, you know, been paid to do that. And I thought, well, I can edit this. But after you have looked at it so many times, right. you lose your perspective. You know, usually projects are sent to me, and it's the first time I look at them, and I have fresh eyes, and I do the editing, and I turn it back. But this was something I'd already looked at, like, thousands of times. Yeah, we're all looking at it. I'm looking yeah. at yeah. it. He's looking at it. So Every you just miss. Back, you just miss things. The publisher, the publisher's editor. You know, they, yeah. there's a team of editors, of course. And, and, and we're all trying to catch it. You know, and we're catching things here and there and other things. Uh, we missed a couple. Yeah. So you'll always know if you had a first edition. But there's another thing that's not really a blooper, but just little things that I feel badly about. And you knock your brains out trying to remember original Rumpus Remembers. Mm. Um, yeah. And if they weren't original, you know, charter members, at least people that, you know, made sure that they were there uh, once or twice a year because they came from Germany. Right. Or because they came from Detroit, Michigan, or because they came from NorCal, and you want to try to get include those people, you weren't because the you community was such a big part of the book. We wouldn't they have are. the book if it wasn't for the Rumpus Room and it, that community. Yeah, if anybody yeah. was forgotten, it certainly was not uh, intentional. Right. And you know, my heart hurts a little. You know, I see them walking by me, right. and I'm. I had a much that. more elaborate thank you that was typed that, up, you know? but uh, then he said, oh. "You've got to put the credits." And uh, you've got to put the acknowledge yeah, acknowledgments on we one page, so mm -hmm. I had to like squeeze everything. Yeah. I mean, our yeah. our our uh, in the intro, uh, you know, this book is dedicated to um, Kirby and Polly Fleming, owners of the, and I it was it and it was Kirby and Polly. If you're hearing this, it was originally on a front page, all of in its yeah. own, 
and it just it, it everything got cut. So you know, what are you gonna or squeezed in? We had to make room, or, so, or they were gonna chop photos. And I said the photos oh, no, are too we beautiful can't, to chop. We can't do that. Yeah. We can't well, do that. So I would love to use this as an opportunity to talk more about the rumpus room because I know that like it, 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 this book has recipes that are developed, as you said about they are. a home bar, mm -hmm. but rumpus room is kind of. Like ground zero. Oh, for it sure. Is expression. Zero. And um, I think for it's, sure. yeah, so, near and dear. It's near and dear. You know, I, yeah. And, I but, get very sentimental and very emotional about it. Yeah, and I know and, Kirby does too. And it still exists. And it still yeah. exists. And yeah. you soon will be able to go in and rent it as an Airbnb and you can stand behind that bar <laughs> and make funny. yourself some cocktails, take your pictures. And <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I, uh, I don't want to interject myself, but I'll just give you my experience with Rumpus Room as briefly as possible. Um, Val and I had been going to Tonga Hut for a while when mm -hmm. Kelly was bartending there, and she was just giving us, a, not a, I wouldn't say a bad time, but really encouraging us, you should go to Rumpus Room, it's fun, you should go to Rumpus Room. She was really selling us on it, and we eventually, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert, so it's a little difficult for me to sometimes go out and, and go into an environment where I don't know everybody, but she assured me that you do most you know most of these people, I don't go to Tonga Hut. Um, but by the time we actually got to uh, our first Rumpus Room, coincidentally, it was a traveling Rumpus Room, and somehow our first oh. rumpus room was at Sven's house. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Was, oh, well, you know. Um, wow. So we actually got, we really lucked out uh, on when we decided to go in. But, I had forgotten that. Yeah. Was that a birthday rumpus room? Or uh, a... I don't recall. I, I think it was uh, Mike Buen who came up from okay. Tiki Tea. Mike was there. Um, yeah, we named the Kelly special. Yeah, yeah, which was in the book. I read that. I was leaving uh, yeah. Tonga Hut right about. Yeah, I was, was making right my about grand departure. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, anyway, so that was, so we went to that was, you know, not the true rumpus room experience, but it was a, I was blown away. Um, met um, you know Hantula and some other people there uh, who I had maybe seen before. But then we started going uh, you know weekly. It was somehow it became very easy for us to set aside, which in those days was Wednesdays. I don't think we ever went when it was on a Tuesday. I think it started as Tuesdays, if I recall. Yeah, it shifted correctly. and shifted but, back. But we were there for Wednesdays, and I think my time just overlapped or just missed Tom when you went to. Oregon. Yeah, I think when you started attending, I was yeah. packing and getting ready to go up to Portland. But so. for, for a couple of years there, for I guess two or three years, I guess, yeah, we were there. It felt yeah. like we were there all the time. And, and, you know, and to take it back to what I said at the beginning, the reason why this podcast wouldn't exist is we went there, we were, we were sampling Kelly's drinks. I had started a couple of years ago or a couple of years before that, started to experiment with like learning how cocktails are put together, a little bit more about the history of rum, started playing with recipes. And Kelly, you were very encouraging to not only like host a room party, uh, but also to get me start, like get me pushing me to try these things. And then I was sitting there one day talking to Hantua about something going on about rum, just yammering on. And he's like, do you ever think about having a podcast? And I was like, all <laughs> there you I was go. Like, oh, okay. So, so what I, so year did it, your podcast actually start? Now? I remember 2013. That. It was 2013. It was early 2013. Um, but we, at that point, I think we'd at least been going to Rumpus Room for over a year because I think we started going sometime in 2012, maybe later in the year. Yeah, yeah so. because uh, I, uh, Tonga Hut changed hands, and I didn't, uh, I felt like I had done all I was going to do there. Uh, so I left. I, met, right. I chose to make a departure, and so, and I did. But you know what? We were still all hanging at the rumpus room, mm -hmm. so it wasn't like anybody wasn't get, getting their fills of rum barrels and shakahulas. Sure. And, and I heard and, a lot of stories of your guys' experimentation and... You know, just trying to see what works, what it was doesn't fun, work. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always said it was a learning lab, and yeah. uh, that's. I just got to say, that's funny to learn that Hantula was behind Five Minutes of Rum because he was also behind the scenes whispering in my ear, "Don't let Kelly knock this idea of a book. You've got to stay on her and get that book <laughs> he's done." Funny. So. He's funny. He's an encouraging guy. And yes, he is. When I think of Mike to this day, that's funny that he he's behind you. 
Uh, he's like, I want to build you a website. I want to build you a website. I was working. I was working Tonga Hut. I was, you know, my hands, you know, were. I was like, oh, man, dude. So we built a website. Mm -hmm. I said, get out there, you know, start, start guest, you know, doing guest spots. So when I left the Tonga Hut, it was really nice because I was on a regular rotation at La Descarga mm -hmm. and some other, um, some other local bars. So it's really nice that you get to you get to walk into these just amazing, amazing, amazing places. Oh yeah. And uh, but Mike was like, yeah, now you got to do this, now you got to do that, now you got to write a book, now you got to come out, do some shows, do some. So you know, and he's still the same way. He's still like, get out there. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, so yeah, he's definitely a yeah, puppet I, master. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he and uh, you know, there's a handful of people that I just um, I don't think that. Any of this would have happened without um, Polly and Kirby, and uh, of course my time at the Tonga Hut. You learn. I learned so, it's the first tiki bar I ever got to work in, and you know the the Murphys. You know Murph and and Claudia and and John O and some people who are just you know that all without the them, fire, I, yeah. this stuff. It's kind of funny. When it happened, you, you, know? uh, you mentioned Kirby and Polly. It's kind of funny to think, and I know somebody's put this better in the past, but like the fact that they're essentially hosting a party every week for years is just astounding. It's yeah, like bless them because yeah, exactly. you know the last couple of years, I think it was kind of hard on them. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. You know, here they had a baby. I mean, all these rumpus room babies were born. <laughs> you know, uh, Tom and Eileen had a baby. Uh, all those kids are about the, the same age. Do you remember um, uh, the couple Bobby and? John. Oh yeah, yeah. They moved down uh, to Texas. They yeah. moved down. Yeah, they had a they had a little rumpus room. They had a couple little rumpus room boys. Yes, they did. And uh, so we had we had babies being born, and we had puppy dogs. It was a huge extended family. It, it was it amazing. It really was. Yeah. Uh, there's so much to talk about. I mean, someday maybe we'll write a book just on rumpus room because there's a million stories it could just go on about. But there's so much that it, we we thought about cramming into this book, and then you know. I probably at any given time over the course of these years doing this book, I think both Kelly and I both, you know, we probably had like a, just a different concepts of how the book would come out. Yeah. And uh, we're very happy with what we arrived at, but I think that there are probably, you know, in the background, in the backstory, there's probably another five or six books that we could have done. There's, there's, a, there's also a very eclectic nature to... Uh, but the nature of the rumpus room leads to the eclectic nature of the recipes where, oh, for sure. you know, it was a very collaborative environment where people would just bring mm -hmm. what they had. Some people brought, if I recall correctly, juice. Other people would bring rum. Everybody bought terrible snacks. Um, <laughs> and the snacks didn't really factor into the cocktails. But you guys had to, not had to, but you guys were making interesting concoctions out of interesting ingredients because you had basically, you were crowdsourced right. before we, crowdsourcing. Yeah. I think um, we, exactly. Yeah. And we tried to cover it. Again, we could go right yeah. back and write another book. You absolutely had to have your three limes and lemons to even get through the door. Yep. So we're calling on you. If you, you know, you have to have that. If you have some room to spare, we don't really care if it's open or not open, or or some bottle of maybe good or bad liqueur that somebody gave you at Christmas time, and you bring it because um, we'll use it. But we try to emphasize that in the book, and I hope it came across. The rumpus room and your home bar should be too. You do not have to go out and buy $5,000 worth of, you can, because you can always go up, but it's really hard to go down. But if you get good at syrup making, if you can have 
you know, to have your party and have your people coming in and have everybody bring something. Everybody be a part of it. And then start making recipes or concoctions. And that's where this book comes from, is that rumpus room point of view where, you know, we tried that stuff. Maybe Eric October brought in a syrup or maybe you brought in... You always brought good booze, so we were really lucky. Yeah, the whole uh, idea know, is work with what you have. Work with and what you have. And we, we describe ourselves as kind of, of the nothing. Marines of you know the the tiki cocktail community because we we arrive on shore, you know we 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 storm over the battlements and we arrive there and we look around and we go, what have we got? Have we got some high end product? We've got some low end product. We can't use, you know, this is what we have to use, so we've got to make it work. Yeah, you know. And I can see in the uh, like the syrups, especially yeah, a lot especially. of the lot of, uh, you know uh, specialized like experimentation. Not specialized experimentation, right? So if we make this black pepper syrup, what can mm. we do with it now? And that's I think what makes it a little bit different than other books that I've read. Like I have a lot of craft cocktail books that where there's full of very good, like very nice recipes, but they're all kind of of a sort, mm-hmm. as opposed to this one where there's more. I think like I said, by virtue of what the rumpus room was, there was a lot more creativity because you were pulling from all these you, different sources. And you have to. You, you, going back, if you really want to throw a weekly, monthly, you know, a biannual party or whatever it is you're going to do, and you're calling on people to help with that, that's certainly going to be uh, the affordable situation for you. You're going to have to pull together some of these syrups. I would suggest it. You'll find many more syrups probably in my cocktails than Tom's. Only... A lot of that reason I was at the Rumpus for much longer. But, you know, it's going to tie you through. When yeah. you don't have a lot to work with, these are, can be your saving grace. And I think some of the, if not the best cocktails that came out of that book, are probably, you know, anchos, ancho-based. Ancho's and good. We've got to, We, we have these periods. This is our black pepper phase. <laughs> now we're in our ancho phase. And now we're in our... I think we started with hibiscus, the first one we were really you doing, before it, like, became S- huge. Sitting in uh, Tom's um, little house with Eileen before Joseph was born in Pasadena, California, uh, back going back to 06. And so we were like, oh, you dig that, doing that, I dig doing that. Yeah, he says, you know, people are doing some, uh, starting to do some strange things. You know, we're moving into this whole new cocktail uh, uh, time in, you know, decade. You know, there was really no word for it yet. It was still just in the changeover of bringing back classic cocktails and what we craft cocktails and what we know now. But let's get some stuff, you know. Let's do a, like a hibiscus. You know, honestly, when we started making hibiscus syrups and bringing them out, um, Monin didn't make it. Nobody made that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And, and not to say that there were no cocktails in existence using hibiscus as a flavor profile, but it wasn't as huge as as it is now. You see, oh yeah, I mean that's kind of standard. Drinks. That's yeah. standard fare. Yeah, you know, but it. it so we went down was, to the shop. And we got the yeah. mica, and you know, you get it, put going it together. Yeah, think of some other weird stuff we can do. But I think uh, to carry that into a, a rumpus room and be able to say, oh, we got this syrup now when we take our our standard fare you know rum mm-hmm. off the shelf or whatever it is we have um really made the difference and really kept the cost down and really um yeah having m- made it affordable having first-hand experience at rumpus room when i read the book i see the collaborative nature of it i don't know what other people are going to see if they're not mm-hmm. from, but i see if, if i see like a cruise on flavored rum i'm like all right somebody brought you know what we're going to make we're going to make some of that <laughs> exactly can i say if it's, i know you're you're talking about no, no. somebody somebody mentioned online and it kind of kind of 
Tom's like, you gotta, Tom and John are always at me, you gotta have a little bit thicker, you know, skin Any writer's gotta have a thick skin. <laughs> you gotta have a thicker yeah. skin, but these guys were like, well, they're gonna critique it and do their little review, you yeah. know, on Instagram and the I have a problem with Tarani passion fruit syrup. Yes, I noticed that the other guy, and they go into it, I said, hey, 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 you have to read the book, because it talks exactly why Tarani passion fruit syrup, yeah. that one in particular, was used. First of all, let's say Tarani passion, Tarani syrups in general, okay, there might be better syrups out, but you have to remember, it's still a cane sugar based uh, versus corn syrup based. Um, many of their syrups are really decent, some of them not as much as that, but the same goes for Monin. You can turn around and say them, they make a hibiscus that's got grape juice in it, or at least it did. I don't buy it anymore because I make my own. So everybody has their, you know, everything's a give and take. But Tarani Passion Fruit Syrup, they're going to hate me. We may never have them as a sponsor. Although I like the product because it's cane sugar. And people can walk in and buy it off the shelf and bring it to the rumpus room. Yeah. Tastes nothing like Passion Fruit Syrup. But you know what? I like that taste. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if the recipe specifically says Tarani Passion Fruit Syrup, you need to use it. It's not a horrible product. It just doesn't, you know. Or at least very try it that way. And then if you're going, and we encourage people to trade things out and experiment, but you've got to know the baseline. Yeah. You've got to know what was made, and then you can always go up, as but Kelly you, says. But you can't go down. You can't go you, down. You can't go yeah. down. But you're not going to have the same drink. So if you're a purist in that sense of it, you really want to taste the cocktail that we created, you're not going to mess with it. And, and I'm not a big fan of you know Asian market passion fruit or or many of the passion fruit syrups that are out there. I'm not a big fan of that yeah, flavor. Definitely. I like some of the more recent oh. ones though. I'll it's say a, that you know what it just tastes. The funny thing you say so when you say like it's not going to taste the way um, the way you it should be. T I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the point I'm trying to get at is that um, the one recipe I thought was going to be the first one I made when I got this book was the Shakahua Boston sure. Right, that was the one I was going to make. That's the one that everybody always ordered. Mm -hmm. Everybody loved that because it's a great cocktail. And then I even went out like a couple of days later and bought like the dried chilies and I was going to make the syrup and I froze and I think I'm thinking to myself, it's not going to be the same because it's not Kelly handing it to me. So I know that like, <laughs> when, I, when I make it, it's not, I mean, I'm going to make it eventually, but at, the, at some point I know it's not going to be the Shakahula Bossanova, but I'm, but I'm glad to have the recipe. It will. If, it you, is, if you stick, yeah. if you really stick to that yeah. and do it just the way that it says there and make that ancho syrup which is probably one of the more... Well, you used to make an orgeant. It's kind of a pain in, yeah, the, yeah. in the butt. That's, I'm used to making ancho's it. Not, on yeah, yeah. An, ancho's... It's just not easy to clean. You'll have to run it through the through the French press to get all that back out of there. Yeah, I have to show you the AeroPress for yeah. like pimento dram. And, yes, well. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So I think you'd actually turn that because I'll just keep sifting and sifting and sifting it. But those few, just that little dash of of red pepper into your ancho is going to make all the difference. And then you've got it. So the, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, just back in the day with the Rumpus Room, we didn't have all these, you know, all this product on the shelf now. You know, oh, yeah. we were just at Caliente, and there was a booth there with Liquid Alchemist, and we had a nice discussion with them. I think I have one recipe using one of their syrups in there because it was relatively new to me at the time when we were formulating you know, the end recipes that were going to be included in the book. But there are so many great new products to try now. And we tell everybody, you know, follow the directions. Try to be as faithful as you can with these cocktails. But 
you know, you are going to make changes just like we did during our rumpus room days based on what you have yeah. and what you can lay your hands on. And we encourage you to, you know, forge ahead regardless. You know, you shouldn't let it hold you back from trying a recipe just because you have something that's slightly different. See if you can make it work. You know, you have to experiment. You have to try things. The other, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, no, I was going to say the other thing I found funny was that when I was reading through the book, and this is just an aside on an aside, as I noticed in, in some of the writing, there were little asides that would compare and contrast your guys' styles as well. Mm-hmm. So like, um, what, there's one I have here I'm going to refer to my guys. Just, but <laughs> just remember, was, I'm always right and Tom is wrong. Of course, like, of like course. Like personal <laughs> philosophies, right? So like Tom likes to pour and Kelly likes to hoard. Yes. yes. Like there's contrast. So I think that actually makes, uh, that sort of tension actually leads to some creative uh, recipes as well. Because you have slightly different philosophies, and where you guys meet is, you know, and it was absolutely yeah. true. We were giving, uh, we were given two bottles of dagger from from Andrews and Oh yeah, Aframe brought, yeah. Aframe brought those. The uh, the fabled case that he found. Yeah, that case yes. that he found. Yes. Uh, you know, Mike Buin got one. Um, the punch Jeff version Barry of dagger. Got one. So they, yeah, if the, you look the behind punch. you there, I've got uh, oh, yeah, the, a the bottle, yeah. one of the old bottles. Yeah, this is three dagger. That's three dagger. But yeah. uh, the one we had was in a big plastic jug from, from Anders, and that was the punch brand made for punches. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was I was not as frugal with it as Kelly would have liked. I was pretty upset about it, to tell you the truth. I, I got one he of the went very, through that first one. And I got one of the very last sips out of that. Before I'm glad she got over it. She's still no, looking at me, shooting daggers through her eyes. I'm just telling you right now, do I look like I'm over it? Because I'm not over it. There were two. You went through the first one like nothing, and that in that second bottle we were. But Jeff Berry got a bottle. Uh, Mike Newland got a bottle. I got a bottle. Sven got a bottle. Um, Cass showed up at a rumpus room mm-hmm. just to get bottles because he heard about it. Huh? Cass McClure? Yeah. Oh wow! It wasn't uh, just to get I bottles. We hung out. We had yeah, a good yeah, time. <laughs> no, Cass is my buddy, but he ended up get, getting a few bottles of that. But I also have one at home that's never been opened. Yeah, I have one. So um, it's good that everybody out there knows about that now. Yeah, yeah they'll be knocking on my door when I finally. She's gonna come put it in the but, safe. But yeah. that's what Tom. I'm like, don't use that. Don't use it. Put it back. Put it back. Put it back. Put I think I back. chose the wrong poll for the book. <laughs> I just created more tension. So but, yeah, that's kind of my saying. But I just and, uh, and I'm still that way. I think Tom's actually gotten better about that. Oh, but I think you. what I guess what I saw was the collaboration. That was all. It wasn't like mm-hmm. you guys were rowing the same direction all the time, and therefore it's sort of a homogenized. Um, you know, collection. It's really like those two things. Yeah, we do a so. couple things different. He does he he does his syrups in much lower. When I worked at the Tonga Hut, I had to um, uh, make the syrups. You know, they're all they're still in house made. Yeah, that's a whole other. Um, that's, that's a whole other level thing. when you're uh, producing mm-hmm. for bar service, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One? So <laughs> it was. It's really mass. So my way of talks about in the book. My way of doing it just saved me some time and some money because you're pouring a lot of liter bottles of yeah. it and. Uh, also, um, I these cocktails, most of them that I wrote um, when I use uh, pimento liqueur, allspice liqueur, it's kind of a, what I call a fast syrup. Mm-hmm. And so if you really want them to, where it says use pimento um, syrup, um, I like the taste of um, um, Berry Hill from Jamaica. Have you ever had it? No, I don't think so. And some of these are kind of hard to get, but I really love that comparatively to like uh, St. Elizabeth, which I never buy because I really like Berry Hill. Okay. And one of the funnest home bars to ever uh, pour at was uh, Murph and Claudia's place up in Glendale, the uh, Waikiki Womb. Yes. Waikiki Womb. 
Um, and he always had a bottle of Berry Hill. Okay. And so when I set out to, um, I didn't want really a liqueur. I wanted kind of an all-in-one so I could keep it, keep it down, keep down. So I don't use a lot of simple syrups because I use other syrups. But I think my pimento um, syrup liqueur, you know, I end up dumping a couple of, a couple, two, three, whatever ounces of um, uh, Lemon Heart 151 into it for preservative, but also mm -hmm. for flavor, and then have it sit. So it sort of takes on that very liqueur uh, aspect. But if you read the book, you'll see what else I do to it for it to come out so buttery and creamy and heavy in flavor. But I like that Berry Hill taste. So if you really want it to taste like we created it, um, like it was meant to be, yeah, you kind of want to stick with it. But when you, you know, how many of those drinks that we poured there went out on the, to the lawn or down <laughs> oh into the toilet? Like, oh, hey, I, taste this. I've always had that problem. So me personally, when, uh, and you, you, Kelly, have lectured me on this before, is that I can't seem to bring it to, uh, uh, I can't seem to find my way to pouring something down the drain. Which is to my detriment, uh, because that means I can only experiment so many times in a night before experimentation time is over. Over. Uh, if I could ever learn to pour drinks down the uh, sink, I'd probably have more recipes like to my name, because I just I, you know, don't. Just, yeah. just a note on, on waste here. That was something that uh, never factored, at least into my experiments, was you know if I made too much, because there were always people lined up wanting to try the experiments. Uh -huh. So if I made you know more than a normal size portion. You know, there was always someone lined up going, oh, can I have the remainder? You know, so sure. there may be, you know, several drinks that, that I concocted that, uh, you know, people make that are like, wow, this is a huge drink. But, you know, have that in mind. It wasn't always for one person. No, no, we had to come back. Yeah. Because we didn't necessarily call the drink from the beginning. The way it would work back there is probably more towards the end of the night. Because when we first came into the rumpus room, you, you could have... You can have 20 people, mm -hmm. kind of an average, but it could be close to Oasis time or Christmas time, yeah. and you'd have 50 or 60 people. Yeah. So you, if you average it out, we didn't very often have less than 20, 30 people there at any given time. So at the end of the night, you know, we could really do more of that because we wanted to get... Um, we wanted to get drinks over the mats out to everybody. Sure, sure. You know, we were, you know, we weren't, this isn't batch mix. We didn't batch mix unless it was a traveling rumpus room. Otherwise, we're pouring. Mm -hmm. So get those drinks out there to everybody. But then you get to the end of the night and, you know, somebody brought something. And so Tom's back there, I'm back there. And then you have to say, come back. We have to recreate. What do you think you did? Well, I think it was two ounces and play with it. And so they, they get written on those cocktail uh, napkins or, or whatever, but come back to it or we don't have it, we don't have it. When Shakuhula Bossa Nova was written, we were at a, Ernie's place, talks about that in the book. And, you know, that is a just, that is the most popular cocktail. No yep. matter where we go, people will always come. Or there's kind of a handful of those, you know, Poho Moco was one of them, Pele's Kiss was one of them, Shakuhula Bossa Nova was one of them. Really popular, um, Black Sand Blue Sea. Yeah. But <clears throat> we're at Anna Ernie's, and I have it somewhere. But the, <laughs> we were just using, I think somebody said, how many ingredients can you put in a drink? <laughs> and, uh, you know, jokingly around, we said, well, let's use a little bit of everything that we have. And I think we actually called this, you know, it's no secret that so many of the people that were at Rumpus Room were, 
what I call Hurians, they sat my shifts at the Tonga Hut. And a lot of those people weren't even tiki people. A lot of them were just like my Tonga Hut clientele that came in that were drinking PBRs and whiskey shots that I said, come, come to mm -hmm. the rumpus room. But <clears throat> I think we called it like the Tonga slut or something. And it had an ungodly <laughs> amount of, we said, we can't call it this. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was kind of bad at names, you know, it wasn't necessarily, I didn't even know what well, to Well, she name. had a brilliant children, idea. She, she went to Tikiaki Orchestra and, and was, it was getting permissions to use some of their song titles yeah. as the cocktail mm -hmm. names. So... Yeah, I thought they were great. You know? I, I didn't do that, so I had to rack my brain for titles. But, yeah, but you're, uh, you're a doctor. You can think of some of this stuff. I'm much better I tell with it it's, it's hard to come up with titles, yeah. but you've got some lovely ones from the band. We owe them a debt of thanks. Yeah, Tikiaki's yeah. uh, song titles are definitely... Jim was very cool about it. Yeah. They really evoke a mood. It's and, a big, big shout-out. And they're kind of mysterious, so you don't... Mm -hmm. it's, it fits the bill of not being super descriptive, but you're like, ooh, that's an exotic mm -hmm. cocktail. Right? Think about yeah. that. What the hell is a Shaka Hula Bossa Nova? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? that well you know the drink has has a little bit of um sweet heat to it you know when you say peppers i don't like hot drinks i'm right up there with my friend a couple of my friends uh from up north john um i, I don't I, i'm not a habanero i don't like hot drinks like that as far as hot spicy that's been played and played and overplayed but when we were doing this back in uh 2010 2010 mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's a decade ago that yeah. we wrote that recipe. Um, ancho is a, a mild pepper, and it just has not a lot of heat. Yeah, just more it smoky. It has smoke, yeah. right? And so that's why I say if you want just a little more of a kick, you got to put just that pinch of red pepper in it. But um, that cocktail... That was actually one thing that I was able to twist Kelly's arm on because... I came back down about the same time that they issued a, a liqueur version mm -hmm. of Ancho Syrup, mm -hmm. or not Ancho Syrup, but a, a liqueur of Ancho, hmm. um, Ancho Reyes. And uh, I said, Kelly, if we wait out too much longer, How you know, sad. all of our signature flavors are going to be like, <laughs> you know, sad. you know, distributed. It's, it's kind of like, you know, writing screenplays. I mean, there is a, uh, a popular, uh, you know, kind of subconscious everybody's kind of, you know, interested in some of the same topics. And if you wait too long, it'll come out another yeah, way. It did. Yeah. But we were yeah. a decade ahead yeah. of Ancho Reyes. But it's there. It's still a different flavor profile. If, if you use it in our drinks, it's not going to taste the same. Yeah, fresh-made syrup it, is no, going to taste different than a liqueur. It's, yeah. it's a syrup. So it's, you know, that's that combo kind of a thing. But to me, it's just brilliant. Mm -hmm. And um, it had so much of a kick that the word shaka, um, when I was picking through, yeah, when I was picking through the first two Tikiaki albums, which is what it was, that 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 second album is ten years old. Do you know that? Oh my god! So that's how old these yeah, these cocktails yeah. are. Yeah. As old I saw as Jim older. posted something about doing mm -hmm. a vinyl reissue, and they're playing two sets at Oasis this year. So yeah, oh my god. so I'm very all, fun. I'm all set for so, Thursday. I know. <laughs> yeah, Shaka Hula Bossa Nova was off the first LP. Okay. So that yeah. first LP is what I referred to. There's one, I have another Exotique cocktail. Exotique is on there. Yeah. is on there. So we didn't even have Jungle Jet Setter. This is over a decade ago. Yeah. And yeah. so Shaka hit me. So I just went Shaka Hula Bossa Nova. That's mm -hmm. everything right there. Jim Baki is just really brilliant. Um, Songwriter, oh, yeah, all the, the way around, you know. All the Tikiaki records, if you look Those, at my iTunes, they're um, just... they're my most played records by far, by far. And I, the first two I listened to 
um, a lot when Val and I went to Maui one year, and they became essentially Hawaiian soundtrack to me. Like yeah. I, yeah. when I hear the first two records now, I think of being at, on Maui. It's just. I mean, so I I heard it to, to rev up on the way here in the car, you know, and I just thought, my God, you know, this it's crazy, you know. When we had to do, we were talking about that earlier. When we had to do our little video back there, we went back and used, by permission, you know, so, you know some some tigiaki music, you know, uh, edited into mm-hmm. the background. But he is a brilliant mind, and uh, and a rumpus room regular. He was there all the time. And a rumpus room yeah. regular. Yeah. Yeah. When I uh, when I got my pendant, uh, there was it was a it was a lightly attended night. I remember there was a post on Tiki Central. Val and I were going to you know normal things. Rumpus tonight. Yeah. Um, and then Kirby had posted something about there might, you know, for a couple of regulars, there might be something special or something like that. And I remember that was the night we got our penance and I was, uh, Jim was there, maybe Murph was there, obviously uh, Kirby was there, maybe a couple other people. But it was one of those weird winter nights, probably in like February, that oh, nobody yeah. was there. Yeah, that would um, be was, Ernie, be Grog, yeah, Ernie, um, yeah. But um, I want to ask you guys a couple of questions. Oh, go, Same yeah. question each. Uh, okay. Um, and, and specifically because of, its, of it being five minutes of rum. Do, do you guys, and you can take it individually, have a go-to rum that you, like, that's what you reach for when you're going to go create a new recipe? You know, what is your go-to rum? Oh, my. Um, do you want to go first? Oh, want go me to go first? Okay. Go well, she's, okay. Um, I, I tend to have, I, I fall in love, in and out of love with things, and mm-hmm. use something frequently for several experiments or cocktails, and then the next big thing comes along and then I'm I'm using that and I will go back to old standard favorites. So I would say at the the rumpus room probably you know other than the dagger which we had to be very frugal with uh lemon heart. We used a lot of lemon heart especially I mean the older lemon heart before it went through its newer red label and other iterations yeah. but uh, lemon heart was a big one um just as a, a standard base rum, um, we probably used a, a lot of Cruzan at the Rumpus Room. Uh, that was always popular. Um, I mean, today there's so many new products to choose from. Like it, uh, um, you know, sometimes you're giving a seminar like we just did at Caliente, and and you have a, a product that you're representing. Like we use the the real McCoy. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's that's a good quality rum. We use that. They don't pay me, and I really like it, so. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's delicious. delicious. Well, they, I, I've, I've got, you know. I didn't mean to apply. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to apply. We just got just, a little bit. It's, it's, like, it's a very good rum. Yeah, yeah. I, and uh, I'm with you there. I also went out because I'd been a test pilot uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, it just came out <laughs> last month, uh, Probitas mm-hmm. uh, rum, and uh, that's a blended white rum that is delicious in a daiquiri. And I used that for one of the drinks that uh, that I served at Caliente, and uh, I got that from KML. I, I ordered up uh, several bottles of that, and I'm going to enjoy playing with that in different recipes cool. for the next several weeks. But yeah, it just it kind it kind of comes and goes for me, and then I'll go back to to rums that that I had a streak that I was using a lot and revisit them. Yeah, uh, because mm-hmm. you'll you'll find that you know there are new liqueurs or syrups or something is in season like white grapefruit is you know in season you're like oh what can i mix and match you know this week Mm -hmm. so yeah i kind of go in cycles we're on the hunt to uh hunt down white grapefruit you know people that do this all the time um are kind of been tuned into that white grapefruit thing Mm -hmm. where you go on the hunt for any neighbor's tree 
or I spent some time in Palm Springs and I'm just looking at them hanging from the sky because so many of those mid-century complexes, you know, they really went out on a on a, on a limb to um, plant all these the, beautiful citrus trees. The most consistent source of white grapefruit I've found mm. is farmer's markets. If you don't know somebody who has a tree, like the Calabasas Farmer's Market, I, they would say 50 out of 52 weeks of the year they have Oro Blancos. There you go. And the crazy thing about those about white grapefruit is we grow so much of it in California, but because it doesn't sell the way a pink grapefruit sells, they don't ever stock it in, yeah. in grocery stores. But it's obviously being grown because, like I said, you can get a farmer's market. It's so. just, but I don't think they necessarily are planting anymore. But back to the, oh, back so to the, the question. Oh, you got to answer. answer. Yeah, oh, you got yeah. to answer. Um, um, I think that all of us, pretty much every mixologist that I know will tell you the same thing. Everything kind of goes around about, and there's so many distilleries now that we didn't even have two years or five years or 10 years ago. Um, something that I always try to allow for, because I just like the flavor in pretty much every, so many cocktails that I, that I, that I do that aren't necessarily, um, well, even, even rump, homeroom, home, home bar, you know, rumpus room style stuff. But, um, I can't get away from at least putting a Demerara into something to put an Eldorado mm -hmm. um, yeah. 12. I really like, I care for the 12 more than I do the 15. I'll almost always try to blend a Demerara in um, to a punch. Sure. Or um, I love the four square rums. I'm in love. Oh, yeah, with, they are good. I'm in love with yeah. a, a bunch of those, even for to take 2005 and mix it, to mix it in. I did love the one that you used this last weekend. Mm hmm uh, there's so many, you know, Diplomatico uh, became very popular, you know, in that last year rumpus room, and then we were gifted a bottle. I was like, oh, my God. But, you know, they come and they go, and they turn around, and things are really a hot-ticket item for a while. But because of the nature of what I do, um, which is a lot of um, event pouring, like I just got done, yeah. uh, I stepped in for uh, for the Tonga Hut at Caliente, um, you know, the Everybody from the Tonga Hut kind of had their hands full with other stuff. I was came, happy to come in and, and serve at uh, Caliente for the Tonga Hut room. I've done that a couple times. For the room they're, party. They're yeah. my dear friends, and I, I still work with them quite hand-in-hand hand on so many things. But um, <clears throat> I was really glad to do that, but so much of what I do is home bar-based or event-based. I want to say this because I, th I think it's really fair and I think people are misled when they hear all this talk of craft cocktails and it makes people kind of want to crawl into a hole or not feel very good about themselves as though we were all back in junior high or high school. There is nothing wrong with product like uh, Mount Gay or um, the Barbados product, uh, you know, c c call them out because rums are regional. Yeah. Uh, with using Mount Gay or going to the Haitian, you know, um, our standard, um, yeah. our bar and court, you know, uh, and uh, our Karuba for our dark Jamaican. Yeah. These are very standard fare and they're used, you know, actually in some of the best of our tiki bars because there, there are bars out there that are pouring really the bottom of the barrel stuff like things that we you can't get away with like whalers can i say that <laughs> they're not never going to sponsor us now but there's nothing wrong with 
going to bar and court or going to this is standard fare when we're working in home bars or we're mixing uh, five or ten or fifteen or twenty gallons of something and his that's why you see it in our book yeah if we made that if it came in that's affordable in your home bar well some so of the, some of the challenges I see when I decide on picking a rum for an episode is um, I, there might be a, a nice boutique rum out there, but if you're thinking that you want to build a recipe or a program around it, you can't count on it being there for a long time. When it's exactly. gone, it's gone. Yeah. And so you got to have a couple that you can just always fall back on that are consistently produced. Now, nothing is forever, but you know I can say that I've never been able to not find Cruzon. I've never not been able to find you know Wild Caribou. You know, depending on where you shop. But those are sort of your standards for a reason because they're consistent. Appleton Signature or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call the it. Twelve years, still yeah. very good rum. So and they're at reasonable price points. So that's why I like having a few that I can just like lean on, as opposed to like I built. I, I said this with uh, some of the Lost Spirits rums. I like their rums. I think mm-hmm. they're great, but they go in and out of production. So like the Polynesian is one of my favorites, and I built a couple of cocktails for it. But I now. I don't think I think I might have one more bottle left, and then when that's done, I can't make that anymore. Brian so, yeah. keeps threatening to bring these back. Yeah, you know, maybe at a different proof. It may be you know not quite exactly the way it was, but he's sort uh, of a prototypical mad genius, and that he's uh, he's distracted, not distracted. He. He, he does something and then he gets uh, bored with that and wants to do something else. Something exactly. Else. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's always yeah. got something cooking. Yeah. Actually, right has multiple things cooking. Yeah. But yeah, I use the you Polynesian in a couple point. of recipes as well, and uh, you know they just put out some 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 really good stuff. But uh, you're always going to have to find replacements. I mean, I didn't. I, I called out a lot of specific rums in the book, and knowing full well that some of these product lines will discontinue or they will change. Um, and but I encourage people that, yeah. to trust their palates and not just slavishly, you know, make things. You know, try to do, like we said, the baseline and see what it should mm-hmm. have been as you close as up. possible. But be willing to, you know, they don't call it adventure land at Disneyland for nothing. You've got to be an adventurer. You've got to get out there in the world of tiki <laughs> yeah. and try things, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you'll see a lot through there, and remember it's called the Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails. Um, where you might not walk into a craft bar and ever see a flavored um, rum liqueur on their shelf, you will in this book. You will at Frankie's. And you will. Frankie's is famous for Let that. Let me tell you something. You will find that in every tiki yeah. bar outside of Smuggler's Club yeah. that there is. They they may not have it, but you know what? I've never been in any other tiki bar that didn't have it. And the reason why these are tiki drinks, it's what you think of. I mean, it might not be... You might not want to sit down and have a sweet cocktail, but most people do, and I know I this firsthand. Diplomatico's popularity food. is a testament to people's sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. So that, and I'll just leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so they're in there because why? Because people do actually drink them, and you want to say no, they don't. Well, I've worked in a commercial tiki bar. I can tell you right now, yes, they are. And how upset can you be about you know adding sugar? to a base spirit when you know if you're going to use it for the purposes of a cocktail you're going to be adding syrups to it anyway so it's a matter of trusting your palate and finding the right amount of sweet keep those balances uh, right yeah just keep it balanced one two three four (laughs) um and then i wanted each of you if you don't mind to maybe um, pick a recipe from the book that you uh that you maybe can give a little bit of background on something that you're that you're particularly fond of uh, and maybe you don't have to repeat it verbatim. I'll put the recipes in the show notes so that people can make it. But if you can each like maybe pick one of your, um, I, I know it's probably like picking a, ch- a child, but yeah, <laughs> it kind of is. But yeah. I think I can speak for both of us when we say um, 
some of the new things that we wrote for this book. Whether yeah, it was we had some kind of jam sessions here at the house. I think we're very proud of ourselves. We because, really... yeah, we, we wanted to revisit some of the recipes because we had not made some of these in years. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't actually recall what a few of these tasted like. So we knew we had to make it to make sure we weren't just crazy oh. when we <laughs> wrote this down. <laughs> yeah, we had to dial a couple of them back in. Yeah, we adjusted a few, but... Uh, we had know, to rename a couple. And then, of course, all the new spirit categories besides mm -hmm. rum that we were trying to broaden out a little bit and add some recipes to, we had to invent some brand new drinks. But some of the new things I think we're especially proud of because as the rums change, so so do flavors yeah. and, you know, the palate and what's popular and what we're drinking. And, you know, like, for example, bitters are really popular right now. It's my least favorite thing in the world. You know, that's salt and pepper to a tiki or tropical cocktail. That's not the whole damn cocktail. You can just leave that stuff someplace else. I don't really want my Campari. I don't want, I don't want two shots of that in my drink. Sorry. <laughs> now, um, some of these classes like Jungle Bird and stuff like yeah, that, they're well, fun. Yeah. You know, but maybe not all the time. To me, a bitter yeah. is salt. It's like you use that like you use salt and pepper. And... Um, that's what that's for. Mm -hmm. and But, you know, there's things come in fashion and they go out of fashion. But I, I like a lot of the newer stuff because it's very fashionable right now. Let's see, Tom, what are you, to answer... Uh, oh, I'll look at the list because we have a little index in the back so you can see it. Uh, yeah, cross-reference by uh, strength. So by, you, by strength or by Tom or, by, or Kelly. Yeah, you know, exactly. To see. I don't necessarily agree with this strength. There's, a, there's quite a few uh, quite a few index options available. For well, we didn't have like a hydrometer, so I couldn't take like a reading on each cocktail <laughs> and tell you exactly you know, you know, how strong it was. He did that according to, I don't even remember what scale you used. It was just by uh, ounces of alcohol. Right. But to yeah. me, it's not right because if you're going to say Some this stronger. is for, yeah, some of them, there, but it's 151. I think it's either waiting for Watubi or, uh, waiting for Watubi or is it the... Uh, I think it's the Savage Maroon guy. was done for the 10-hour tour show at the Tonga Hut. Uh, I came up with, um, I perfected him at um, the Rumpus Room. Was that the, uh, the uh, Gilligan's? The thing? Gilligan's yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And honest to God, every, I think there were 10 cocktails that I wrote at Kirby's or something for, um, for that thing. And every single one of them was a really good drink in, in one... Uh, um, one way or another, if you like to sweet drink, there was a little buddy. If you wanted something that'll just kick your ass, that Savage Maruai. So it, it only shows it like as four skulls or something. <laughs> but that drink is like five or six. Well, let me uh, let me let me say this in, in terms of strength as well. There are a lot of factors that factor into the strength of the same drink. Um, how much the individual uh, has tolerance for, how much that same individual has eaten or not eaten that day, <laughs> how tired they are, because I've made myself the same cocktails on multiple occasions, and sometimes it's three of them and I don't really feel much, and sometimes it's one of it, one of them, and I'm, you know, I'm already you know, passed out on the couch. So there, it, it's all very subjective, all, but I think it's very, very it's, it's good as, yeah. a, as a general, you know, you know what it is, and this is kind of like with any sort of, uh, I'm not going to call this a critique, but with any sort of criticism is, you find somebody that you can be in tune with and you know if they're consistent in how they rate something and you know your taste versus theirs, then they you don't have to like the same things, but you know based on how they've rated something. Exactly. Um, I think, you know, um, if I always read a movie reviews from Roger Ebert and I kind of got an idea of what his tastes were, I could sort of align myself based on reading his review, even if we don't right. like the same movies. Right. So, right. you know, you just establish some sort sure. of, you know. That's a good, yeah. that's a good way to put that. So. 
Um, you know, I'm going to say I'm kind of honing in, and that's probably because I used the product that, that we made in some of the, the final recipes that we did, but some of the ones that we did using the sesame syrup. Oh. Yeah. And, but these, uh, these were the very last thing to do. Some of these we only did as late as... You know, one that I really like a lot because I just like the blend of flavors is, um, let's see... Some of the unusual syrups we did, like the lemongrass and black pepper and ginger combination in the, mm -hmm. in the Phuket Fizz. That was mm -hmm. also a good one. Very tie right there, lemongrass. Lemon oh, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. see that. So that, that was a good one. We actually, that was such a favorite at the Rumpus Room that we had some people that would make the blend. Like, yeah. instead of separate syrups, yeah. they'd make that syrup yeah, blend that and bring it in. I yeah, I learned that, you know. So that lemongrass, black pepper, and ginger lemongrass together. It's going to give me a lot of homework to make this Just delicious. any of those syrups. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would I say that's one of my favorites, favorites, just because it's so different. It has those Thai flavors. It's really hard to say. Thai flavors. Speaking of Thai flavors, there's a real oddball in there called... Um, Made with the castries. I got a guy right now trying to find castries. Oh, the peanut flavoring. The peanut yeah. Stuff. What is that? What was that called? Bangkok uh, Kit. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Thai food, that's the cocktail you want to make and sit down and eat some Thai food because it's delicious. It's odd. It's an odd cocktail. Um, there are, you know, you it's definitely. Kick? Yeah, it's definitely. I'm not saying it's my favorite cocktail. My favorite cocktail that I do is actually yeah, right not even in that book. So um, my rum barrel is not in there. The KQRB. Um, KQRB is not in there. I, I looked because it up. Because I hope that it will be at a Tiki <laughs> bar coming your way. Yeah, I actually, I had to formulate my own version of a rum barrel because it's like, Kelly, we cannot put out a book rock. without a rum barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so I came up with the uh, Trader Tom's Wayward Rum Barrel. I, I yeah, you know what? Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I, the KQRB, I don't know. You know, I, I hope, you know, I would like to see it go into a TQR. I think that it's that yeah, good. I think it's legendary. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I made that in direct response to her keeping her secret. I said, I we can't do it now. I tend to put them without. into categories. Mm -hmm. I tend to put my favorites into categories rather than, um, you know, I have a, I think, I have a sweet drink category, a de, you know, like a dessert drink, a, um, my favorite cordial is in there, you know, gosh, I don't know. Let me look at that. Um, I think, without a doubt, Shakahula Bossa Nova is that in a rum barrel. I think part of it for me is that I like to surprise people with flavors they, do, that they don't normally get. Yeah. And show them that they can experiment and encourage them to go out and do different things. It's so like this weekend I used, uh, for the Persian uh, carpet ride uh, cocktail that we, we did for our seminar, uh, rose syrup. There's a new product line out that um, you can get at uh, Cost Plus that's, uh, oh, what is the soda line that I'm trying to think of that's also used in cocktails? Spindrift? Um, no. Oh, actual soda? Yeah. Uh, they do like a herbal kind of Coca-Cola flavor. Oh, my no. No. I'm going to stop naming I'm this. totally blanking. <laughs> i got to walk 20 feet to my bar and see what I've got on the shelf. But, uh, um in any case, you know, um, just different flavors that they normally wouldn't reach for or think of as, you know, tropical or tiki drink flavors. Yeah, it would be helpful for me at this point to expand my palate because I've kind of, I've kind of remixed and mixed and remixed um, 
you know, honey and cinnamon and, and, mm-hmm. and syrup. Yeah, you got to yeah. step so away I from gotta, that gotta, stuff, gotta, right? Because oh, it's done and been done. Yeah, and I got a, you know, I got room in my fridge. You know, what? If, if Don were alive today, I mean, he would respect all the things he did in the past, but he would want to move forward and do some new things. Like yeah. Walt Disney, you know, it's never finished. Yeah. Um, when I look at this, I think back to maybe it was you that mentioned it. Um, a lot of people, it, it cruise on black strap. Oh yeah, takes yeah. a knock in life <laughs> because it's not a zillion dollar bottle of rum, and it comes back to how authentic is it as of anything. You know, do we go back to Gosling's? Do we go look at some of the other black rums? But I can tell you, for whatever that's worth, it's probably not going to win any big genius awards in any distillery or in anywhere, anywhere. But there's nothing in the world that tastes like that. And when you're talking about just making a great tasting cocktail, putting it over the mat, and and knowing that you're probably never going to win any big awards for it because people are like snooty when it comes to certain things. But that has a very defined taste, and there's nothing else in the world that looks like it. And I always liked it. I still like it. It's Murph's. Kevin Murphy, Murph. It's his favorite rum. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes it doesn't have to be. Sometimes, you know what the bottom line is, you know, that adding sugar to something thing is such a big thing to talk about right now. But when you're constructing tiki cocktails, we're infusing things anyway. But I really love my use that was a whole nother phase that I went through where I the used black strap. the yeah. black strap and you can either like it or dislike it well, I think, or you can either work with it or you cannot work with it I think some people also tend to think of it has to be, be all things to all people whereas like there are certain rums that I just won't mix with because I want to sip them neat and there's other rums there that are go. perfect for mixing right? it doesn't mean that they have to be good at both jobs um, yeah. you know so and so I, that's kind of what I yeah. guess what I'm saying to you there are um Historically speaking and otherwise speaking, there are things in the world that make me just want to gag. Um, and that's a blue cocktail. I, <laughs> I don't care if it's vodka. I don't care if it's rum-based. I don't care what it is. It's gross. And carousel just by itself, especially um, uh, the carousels that we think of, um, not the dry carousels and not the like senior carousels and some of the product we have today. But going back to bowls and to Kuiper, <laughs> now I'm going to say this again. There's an, uh, that one you can't. You can't do that and you can't, you can't do the walker. And she you just can't, have a You can't buy that. There's certain things. Uh, uh, what's that other one? Uh, Potter's. Oh, my God. Potter's. Okay, you don't know. You don't want to know. I always think of Potter's but, Field in New York. Yeah. It, well, it might as well be. I think that's where they made it. But just kidding. But um, No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but, but you know, commercially speaking, we use these because yeah. you, you, you know, you want to pay $35 for every cocktail, you can get as snooty as you want about it. But mm-hmm. certain things you have to remember um, make the price point, and there's nothing wrong with that product. Maybe there's better, but there's nothing wrong with that product. So when we come back and say, well, blue cocktails are bad, they're just inherently bad, and people order them because they're pretty. So when it comes to a, a really sweet cocktail of mine, um, see, I'm not going for the heavy hitters, am I? I just, because I feel like I want to defend it a little bit. Um, I was in the rumpus room, and I was like, you know, the world just has too many really bad blue cocktails that you just can't get through. I'm going to create a blue cocktail that's palatable. And so I don't know if I want to give it away, but, um, you know, it's people love this cocktail. And I sold a million of them, just like... One after the other after the other. It's called Black Sand Blue Sea, again, and T-E-I-N-E. Because there's actually booze in there. There's the right amount of... Yes, there's 
There's uh, a Cruzan coconut um, uh, rum. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's in there because when you're talking about tropical cocktails or sitting on a, you know, an island out there in the Pacific somewhere, that's just what comes to people's mind. They want that feeling. They want something that's going to take them away. But you know, when you start um, piling in the the um, the pimento and the blackstrap and the and it has some layers to it. It's not just homogenous blue. Yeah, you have to mix it before you drink it. But it's an actual beautiful. A tasting cocktail mm-hmm. that you just don't go oh my god it's blue you won't taste that cocktail and go oh my god it's blue and it's it's horrible and so it not it wasn't easy yeah, yeah. it just that's, wasn't easy that's cool though that wasn't easy so there's yeah. my sweet cocktail um some of the um um god, you know gosh tom help me out of here i really i did this i created this line i don't know you were gone i think and I did them, I think they were all done in the rumpus room. But I called it the architectural, it's <laughs> again one of my favorite, the architectural cocktails. They were themed after they were famous themed architects, usually of Palm the Springs. Yeah. Oh. And so, not Eichler? necessarily Palm Springs, <laughs> yeah. no. There's an Eichler, you've looked at it, haven't you? There's an Eichler, there's yeah. an Alexander, there's. <laughs> and I kind of went through this. I was like very happy with this. Some of them are gin, some of them are rum. But I, I was, tr- I'm truly, really like those cocktails yeah. um, um i'm very happy with those cool there's some of my favorite the, the vanguard some of them i'm just very happy with i did another series of cocktails that were the mid-century you know musician uh, uh, oh yeah musician and yeah. i was school you know as a music music major but um i couldn't continue that because i couldn't find a parking spot at seven o'clock in the morning so i had to quit <laughs> had to quit college but uh but one's called the Vanguard, you know, and they're very bebop, very jazz inspired, you know, that mid-century um, smoky room um, uh, kind of came off that way. Uh, Poho Moco is a yeah, great cocktail. Another, another tikiaki. Mm-hmm. Pele's Kiss, I'll ne- never get away from. <laughs> I think the answer is you can't pick just one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, can't, totally. you know. I will, these, I will these do, are, the, I'll do the homework. Pele's I'll... Kiss, you know, some I'm just really proud of them because yeah. people love them. Um, I'll, I'll pick one and put it in the, in the uh, show notes. So that it's people tough, can you know, sample. it's tough. But there is, like, there are, you know, how many total recipes? A couple hundred? Over 150. 150? There's over 150. Yeah. And, you know, really, we could have... Um, I, I grabbed an envelope looking for something the other day, a big envelope, and I pulled... I brought them here. And I thought, man, we didn't use this, and we didn't use this, and we didn't use this. And, you know, there's a whole other book. Yeah, I think the breakdown is, I think Kelly had, like, 80-something... And yeah, I had like when he started, something. he's like, "Oh no, I got to catch up." And then, yeah, and then, uh, and then together, I mean, um, co-created. I think we had twenty something. So all together, over one hundred fifty. Yeah, there's an amazing array of. But of you know what? It's important to just not look at something according to you know the numbers and the the quantity of what what you put in there. There's not anything in that book that I wouldn't serve you, or that I wouldn't want to make. We right, we right, outs yeah, those right, right yeah. from the beginning. Or like Tom said at the beginning of this conversation, you know, we had to go back and refine a few of them. One of them was the Big Mo. I really um, wanted to state Big Mo, in case some of you don't know, is the great Big Moai that stands in the Tonga Hut in North Hollywood. And Kirby Fleming, our, our, our rumpus room buddy, um, you know, hung out in there when Jeremy first started buying it because the Lucky Tiki in, in Mission Hills closed down. 
but he started going in there and make, helping to make some, some you know, signage and bar stools and stuff yeah. for, uh, for Jeremy when he took over the Tonga Hut. And he just kind of named him, you know, that big mo in the corner, mm-hmm. that big mo in the corner. So he's named by Kirby Fleming, but we did it. We did a show there. Um, it was called Moai Madness back when Ernie. Oh yeah, and so I, yeah, I, I yeah. went into Rumpus Room one week and I said, you know, I need, I want to do some cocktails for you guys, and let's see if I can't come up with something for this show that I'm doing. One was called Big Mo, and it, you know, I, I, I think I used it maybe that that day, um, but I came back into the Rumpus Room and I remember Sherry Yaki saying, well, it's kind of a one noter. I, that stands out in my mind. And then Tom, when I think some of the last refining that we did some of these was probably last uh, September, maybe? Last September. Oh, gosh, it's a blur. I think it's September of yeah. 18 was the final, yeah. you know, this is your last yeah. chance. And that was one of the cocktails we came back and, yeah. and refined. And it's actually a really very good cocktail. Now, I didn't want to just let it go. And I feel like, so, you know, every artist is never done with something, whether it's a cocktail or a painting. You always want to, like, oh, do something different. Just tweak it. I mean, even the uh, the drink that I served this last weekend, and also you get new products, because I, I went in there and I got that new rose syrup, and I was like, okay, well, I've got to try this to see. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to, like, half the amount of rose syrup because it's much stronger, mm-hmm. you know, than what I used previously. Rose water, you probably, you know, it's yeah. not like Yeah, so that. You, you've always got to, you know, try things and, and tweak things, but some of them needed serious revamping, a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, they were, but in the end, you know, it's not a matter of, gee, there's 152 cocktails mm-hmm. in there or uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like I would never want to put out a book and say, well, I beat so-and-so because there's 300 cocktails in here. Yeah, but, you know, 280 of them suck. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think I was just trying to imply there's great value in that book. Like, yes, yes. There's plenty to keep you busy. I, I think, plenty to keep I know, you listeners I think we busy explained it well. People, yeah. people come and say, you know what? I, I get this book. I open a lot of books, and you know, you kind of they lose you because they're talking to you as though you already understand the cocktail world, yeah. or that you're out there and you're part of the cocktail world, or you're out there and you're part of the gourmet or the culinary world, and and these kinds of things. And, you know, most people just aren't. Yeah. So you want to talk to them. You want to get them through it. You know, it's really important to be able to to get them through it. Um, the one thing that I um, heard, um, heard online, and I was like, okay, back up. We're going to talk about this in symposiums because I don't want anybody saying, I can't make it because I really just don't make syrups. I don't really know how. And so you can do this, and we go into a great detail. It is not a hard thing. It takes 15 minutes. Don't make more out of it than what it is. It's really, it's yeah. really very simple. Just try it. And the it, minute you start trying it, you go, oh, okay, I see, I got it. It's everybody's version is going to be slightly different. We have every other cocktail recipe represented with a photo. Yeah. So there's not a photo for every recipe, but you can. And not necessarily our favorites either. Yeah, but uh, you, you can count out. on you know how you do it. It's going to be slightly different, and that's okay. You know. All right, cool. So you guys have been very generous with your time. So thank, thank you, you very so much. Thank you. Where can, where should we direct people when they, if they want to purchase a copy? I know where I got mine, but any particular place that people should go buy the book? We have a website at tropical-cocktails.com. Make sure you've got that dash, that hyphen in there. There'll be a link to that in the show notes for the episode. Yes. And uh, you can buy on Amazon. You can buy at some of the events. We'll be signing and personalizing. 
Uh, if you're in Europe, you can buy directly from the publisher at Carrero, or you can buy, I think there are a couple of other sites that I'm not as familiar with that our publisher said to include. There's one for Australia, but it's all on the website. Uh, you know what, the honestly, anywhere and everywhere books are sold. Where this fine book books are sold. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's go back. Hopefully, hopefully, there's an opportunity to support a local bookseller as well. Yes. Too, so. So okay, yeah, cool. yeah, but and, and it is kind of neat because just of recently, you can walk into some Barnes and Nobles and find it on the shelf. We see yeah. a very good company there. That's awesome. That's kind of a that's neat really cool. Thing. You go out. That's, that's yeah. My yeah. In fact, we're going to be doing a signing <laughs> at the uh, Burbank Barnes and Noble coming up very soon. Cool. Well, thanks again, you guys, not, you. not just for the time here, but also for putting the book out. I know it was a labor of, of uh, a lot of work, but I, I really like it. I think, was, they, I, I, think every, I think a lot of people are going to really like the book. So. Oh, thank I you. think so. it's fun to talk about, and thank cool. you for for your time. I don't know. Letting sure. us do this and yeah. getting to talk about rumpus from days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't get to talk about that much. I don't, I don't do it much on the show. Okay, now, after that conversation, I definitely do not want to leave you without any recipes. So... We're going to do one Trader Tom recipe and one Kelly Hip Hip Hulu recipe. Uh, these will also be in the show notes as well, but I'm going to talk through them. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about, we mentioned a little bit in the conversation, Trader Tom's Wayward Rum Barrel. Uh, that was created mostly because the book needed to have a rum barrel recipe, and Kelly's rum barrel recipe is uh, sort of top secret still at this point. That was the KQRB. So Trader Tom's Rum Barrel, I've made, uh, or Trader Tom's Wayward Rum Barrel, I've made quite a few times. Uh, very delicious, um, sort of a... Um, a classic stack of ingredients. So let's go through this. That's one ounce of Panama Pacific nine-year rum. Uh, you can reference uh, Panama Pacific in a previous episode of Five Minutes of Rum. That'd be one ounce of Appleton 12 and one ounce of Hamilton 151, or you can substitute one ounce of Lemon Heart 151, one half ounce of pimento or allspice liqueur, three-quarter ounce of passion fruit syrup, three-quarter ounce of honey syrup, and that's probably a one-to-one -one mix of honey syrup there. You could do a two-to-one if you want. Uh, one ounce of fresh orange juice. I've made this with both fresh as well as bottled orange juice. Uh, fresh is better if you can, but if you can't, it's still good with bottled orange juice. Two ounces of fresh lime juice, and you will not use bottled lime juice. You will only use fresh lime juice for that. And then three shakes of Angostura bitters and three shakes of uh, Leatherby charred oak absinthe. Or what I've done is I've used three dashes of uh, Herb Stora, which is an equal parts mix of Herb Saint and Angostura bitters. Uh, which will achieve a very similar result, although it's not exactly the same absinthe that is called for the recipe. Uh, you're going to build that drink with along with 12 ounces of crushed ice in a mixing tin, flash blend that for about five seconds in a spindle blender, pour that into a barrel mug, and then add more crushed ice to fill. I like to garnish it with a mint sprig and then uh, enjoy it and sip it uh, and enjoy the, uh, the, the repercussions therein. Now for Kelly's recipe, we're going to do the Black Sand Blue Sea, the uh, recipe, one of the recipes that's named after a Tikiaki Orchestra song, and one of the ways that Kelly was trying to work in um, blue curacao into a drink that she would find palatable. Uh, so this one uh, actually ends up with a little bit of layers, although uh, after you serve it, you want to encourage your guests to mix in those layers, but we'll get to that. So the Black Sand Blue Sea, that starts with two ounces of Cruzon Coconut Rum, three-quarter ounce of blue curacao liqueur, one ounce of either Coco Lopez or Coco Real. Uh, Coco Real would be the rumpus room version, but if you want to use Coco Lopez, uh, by all means, go ahead. And then one and one quarter ounce of fresh lime juice. So you're going to take that, put it in a mixing tin, and flash blend that with crushed ice, and then pour that into a hurricane glass, add more crushed ice to fill, 
and then float in five dashes of pimento or allspice liqueur, one third ounce of Cruzon blackstrap rum, one quarter ounce of cream de cassis, and then you should get the layers that will perfectly illustrate why this is called the black sand and blue sea. Um, after that, when you serve it again, when you serve it, uh, you will probably want to put a cocktail parasol in there for presentation purposes, but let your guests know after you've given it to them that they want to stir that before drinking. Otherwise it's going to be a really weird layered mess, but, uh, uh it is beautiful in presentation and then a delicious drink when you drink it. And, um, you can feel good about having this one as a blue, uh, blue, uh, drink as opposed to maybe like a blue Hawaiian, or if you know what, if you like a blue Hawaiian, who am I to say that you shouldn't like it? That's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening. The show links will be up on the five minutes of rum website. That's number five minutes of rum.com. The show is also on iTunes slash Apple podcast or your favorite podcast player as five minutes of rum. If you like the show, please tell a friend about it. Uh, the show is also on Twitter and Instagram as at five minutes of rum. That would be the at symbol number five minutes of rum. Please send in any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the five minutes of rum website or on Twitter or on Instagram. And now go get some rum and a cocktail book.